Hello, it's time for Layback with Betfair. I'm Tom Haylock. Well, Group 1 Racing heads to the west, and we are joined by the best, Terry Layton, as I welcome him in. How are you, great man? Good to have you here. Very well. Uh, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for thanks for having me on the other side of the country. Did you survive the spring? I did, just, yes. Um, yeah, had a couple of nice results across your way, which uh, got me out of trouble, actually. But um, Cup Day was bloodbath, but uh, head above water the other three days of Cup Week. How about you, mate? Yeah, no, enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed it. We're very excited out uh, out in the west. It's our time to to shine at the moment. I'm actually looking forward to picking your brains with a couple of the eastern staters which have come across because that uh, that really isn't my uh, my wheelhouse as much. Um, but heading forward, we've got some exciting names coming over for the winter bottom. Yeah, we do, and I'll be there. Are you talking about me? Exciting names. I was, I was talking about you. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was the biggest name of all. Yeah, Bar- Barrier Six gets in on the lightweight. Um, Good on a backup. Uh, we'll go. We'll go around a big price. <laughs> Correct. Needs the run for sure. Um, great to have you here. We obviously got the railway. We'll talk about that. Um, you know how the show works. You've been on Layback with Bev here education series. We've got a bit of education coming up as well. But you've got a lay in for us to kick us off. Yeah. Look, I've I, actually this one really affected me. Like I. <laughs> You were right. Saturday was a Saturday was a fu- funny old day, you know. We sort of escaped, but we didn't have a great day. You roll into the Sunday, you really like one on the Sunday, uh, and this isn't the point. It shouldn't matter if I was invested or not. But, but uh, anyone that saw my hundred percent does, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It allows me to be that little bit more uh, invested and a little bit more uh, a little bit more angry, I guess. But um, there was a protest lodged. Well, I'll tell the story. It's Albany race four on Sunday. Um, the leader had kicked clear. Uh, a horse by the name of Lover Chat was coming at it. It was going to go straight past it. Uh, that horse, the leader laid out a little bit. Uh, Kira Yule with her whip action then struck Lover Chat in the face with the whip, which obviously made Lover Chat balk. Lost momentum, came again, was beaten by the smallest of margins on the line. Now, quite a few of us were on this horse and they're all messaging me. I said, I watched the replay and I said, boys, go back to the World Cup final. Go back to watching Pakistan and England because you have nothing to worry about here, lads. This will be upheld. This has to be upheld. I got messages from some... Some fairly sharp minds in the industry saying, "Don't even bother. Uh, this is this is 100% upheld." And uh, obviously, comes back dismissed after uh, after all of that. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of the most surreal decisions I've, I've seen in in horse racing uh, in my time. And uh, yeah, left a left a bit of a sour taste in my mind. So I'm I'm, I'm happy getting beaten. If we get, we're going to get bad rides. We're going to get caught deep. We're going to get held up the entirety where, you know, we're going to cop all of that type of stuff. We're going to cop a bad racetrack where our horse has no chance because of the conditions. But this is like when it goes to the third umpire in cricket, you don't get a run out decision wrong. You know, it, it's very, very so that simple black and stuff. White. And it was, yeah. The fact that in the stewards report afterwards, they've, they've put in that the horse laid out as well as it was going past it. That means the jockey didn't correct her mount, continued to whip. No. Um, and obviously the, the front on footage shows that uh, the whip was uh, horizontal to, to the horse. So yeah, I'll never quite understand that one. So Albany stewards in the lay bin. I like it, mate. Fired up early. Um, oh, don't get me started on process. I can't work him out. They're, they're so hard. It depends on so many factors and, I'd rather them, and I'm, this is disagreeing, I'd rather them be dismissed than upheld majority of the time because I think mm-hmm. I'd rather encourage... You, you need proof that the second horse will actually have beaten the first horse. You suspend the jockeys mm-hmm. all you want. That's that's fine. But if the second horse is never going to actually win and you have to prove beyond doubt that the second horse is going to win, 
that's my theory, but I haven't actually got across this this one as much as you have, and I yeah, you're, well, I, you're a good mind. So I, I agree one hundred percent. It has to be a certainty that that horse wasn't going to go past that horse, and yep. the actions or the uh, the lack of duty of care from the horse that ended up winning the race cost the other one the race. And if you disagree with me on that one, Tommy, this might be the last time we talk. I reckon <laughs> I haven't seen it, mate, but I'll back you in. I'll back you in for sure. Um, just a pretty boring uh, labing for me this week, but. Hay fever season over here, Terry. I don't know how bad it is over in the West, but a lot of... I put hay fever in the labium last week, but have to carry around a lot of tissues, right? Just in case you get hay fever. Put some tissues in the pocket. Did a load of washing. Would have had 16... You're not a, you're not a hanky man? No, gosh, no. Hankies are in the labium. Would have put five tissues in the wash. Came out. I've never seen more oh, tissues no. in the wash. Clothes, white. It was just disgusting. That's in the labium for me. Nothing yeah, worse. yeah. Well, that's why I'm surprised you do your own washing, actually, Tommy. <laughs> I need a winner. That's why. Um, <laughs> all right, let's head to the west. Ascot uh, cover race five, six, seven, eight, and nine. We've got the Group One Railway race eight on the program. Track pattern, Terry. You, you think that inside might be off? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, well, uh, we raced at the true position three or four weeks ago, um, and the inside pad was was quicksand. Uh, if you settled sort of rails in run, even leaders found it quite difficult. Uh, definitely with cover rails in run, it was really hard. Uh, there's often we often find there's an overcorrection when these type of things happen, and next time you race at that pad, it, next thing you know, it's rock hard, and that's the spot you want to be. But in saying that, towards the end of last Ascot season, we found that continually, every time we went back to the true pad, it was off, it was off, it was off. So, look, I think the best thing we can do, unless you feel like you're diving into one that's a great price, or you're backing one that's drawn sort of one one, or makes a degree of sense off the fence, you have to be really mindful of chiming into horses and we'll talk about a couple shortly that are drawn barrier one or drawn inside fascinating we'll get to that um you're the wa man so i've had a, a brief look at ascot i'm not going to pretend i know what i'm talking about too much but i'll be backing you in um i just want to touch on pikey being back he's obviously for the carnival i think he'll stay there for the majority of his time and and do the carnivals yep i from my end i like him back in the west because there are more angles you can often find his mounts being under the odds or too well found you can either you can probably get an idea of which of the best stable mate is the best one because he's riding it stuff like that how are you finding him being back uh yeah i'm exactly the same as you i i reckon my bottom line took a hit with him being out of the stakes i think that was one of my biggest strengths sort of knowing when he was significantly under the odds and, and taking him on um and knowing when he was worth more to the horse in the market probably realized um itself i like him a little bit more being back the fact he's riding one of mine earlier in the day a uh, little material witness shout out Ooh. to the owners of material witness earlier in the day so a uh, little sneaky uh, each way chance, probably at a, at a price. But um, I just think there is um, there's so many more betting opportunities with, with him involved, um, and it usually comes down to him being overbet on a lot of runners and betting around him. But I also I trust him a lot more than any any other jockey over here. Fascinating insight there. Let's get a race five uh, listed at Jungle Mist Classic, twelve hundred meters for the Phillies and Mares. I'm I've done the form for this race, but I'm keen to hear what you are thinking of a couple here. We've got uh, Snipperucci, the favourite on Betfair.com. To you, which way are you heading? Oh, look, my, my market has Snipperucci clearly on top. Um, she returned brilliantly in a trial. It was a soft as butter winner um, first up. I think she ran the quickest last 200 metres, which for a horse that settled outside the lead. 
uh, is, is fairly impressive against a few that have a nice turn of foot in that race. So look, I'm expecting her to be really hard to beat in regards to a bet price. And again, she's going to find the fence here. I think she'll be leading and finding the fence. If that fence is no good, that could be neg a length, neg a length and a half for her. And straight away, she becomes a little bit of a risk. So I'd be keeping an eye out there. Uh, if the fence plays really well, they, they won't be catching her i wouldn't have thought um but i'm i'm gonna look a little bit further afield it's worth talking about baby paris it was gonna go round favorite or very close to favorite in the placid arc a week ago uh she flipped herself in the in the mountain yard uh really interesting that we get a three-year-old in this race we don't see it all that often so she gets in with a 51 and a half maps really nicely uh the runner currently and i'm i'm all about tipping you who's over my price at the moment. As I said, snipper root here, clear market elect, but uh, it's actually pikey on a $15 pop who's well above my price yep. at the moment. And that's, that's real grace. Um, this looks a real speed map race. Like you've got snipper leading uh, either universal pleasure express time or breeze baby Paris parks on them. And then real grace parks on them uh, out the back. You're going to have Amasinus, angelic miss, Bazoom, uh, a lot of good sit and sprinters, but they're going to be in a different postcode to really sharp on speed horses. So putting a line through all of those and, and real grace, I think will tag the two good ones in baby Paris and Snipperucci. And, she just she's been luckless all prep. Whether she's up to these, I don't know exactly. Um, but place heavy for a William Pike mount who's drawn to follow the best horses in the race. Three dollars fifty plus a hole and mid teens the win. That that'll do me. So I'm I'm going to play real grace for a bit of value with so Pike she, on board. So she settles closer from the inside barrier. Obviously she got yeah she will yeah she's actually jumping. Time. Yeah, she did. She did. She drew the outsides. Uh, she's actually jumping really well this campaign. Um, and Pikey's a pretty smart tactical rider in that sense. He'll know the two he wants to follow or one of the two he wants to follow. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't find um, baby Paris's back, to be honest with you. So we'll find out. She's had six runs for Michael Grantham, been held up the entirety in three of those. Um, so we'll find out how good she is here. <laughs> we'll find out up in grade mm. there. Um, I'm... Playing in the race, I'm risking Baby Paris. I think she's too short for me. I think she's had absolute PRs, perfect runs in transit last couple. I Two back, I wasn't sure she savaged the line over the 1,200 metres. She she was found wanting late and she had no excuses there. I know she won, but she wasn't the strongest. I think more pressure here um, back up to 1,200 metres. She's under the odds for mine. Are you agreeing? Mm -hmm. I'm about $4.60 yep. with Baby Paris. So I think she's around the 350 mark at the yep, moment. Good. So yeah, it's, it's very unlikely she gets any of mine here. Um, the, the pattern out West though, which, which turns me off making her a, a lay or really giving her a strong knock is the three-year-olds continue to dominate the older horses. So um, I'm very mindful. I'm mindful of that. Yeah. Good insight. The other one that I could find value, I, I had Snipperucci clearly on top, but Amasinus. Um, mm -hmm. Looks a real setup for me. Really good two back. Actually ran fastest eight, uh, second fastest eight six four of the day two back. And then looks like a bit of a barrier trial stuck on the inside. Last start back up to twelve hundred. Good enough. Yeah, more than good enough. More than good enough. She's been racing against obviously the winter bottom yeah. horses. Uh, she drops back to fillies and mares. Great. It just plain and simply comes down to the fact I think Stephen Parnham's going to have to snicker and be out the back door. The last two and four and six, she's going to have to run to catch um, Snipperucci in particular, but Baby Paris and probably Real Grace too. Is, it's going to have to be more than I think she's capable of. So I think horses like Amastinus, Angelic Miss, uh, even Gunmetal, Grey, Bazoom, I think we'll be looking for them more in the next leg of the Phillies and Mare series. Interesting. Good insight there. Let's get to race six, the Carbon Club of WA Stakes, 1,400 metres. Now, I'm interested to get your opinion on the favourite here, Devoted. Uh, third emergency in the railway. I think you were pretty keen on the railway 
um, <laughs> listening to you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, didn't get the start. Did it need to finish 1-2 mm. to get in the railway and it ran third in a photo? Is that what happened? Mate, second wouldn't have actually got it there in the oh, end really? either. So let, let's Gallivant ran second and it's in this race uh, as emergency too. So it would have only got to probably E2 if it did run second. So it was a cluster, uh, a cluster F for, <laughs> um, for Devoted. First up, the Wasn't Apprentice cooked second up. Uh, oh, I, I'm not going to be critical. I'm actually not going to be critical of the ride. I, I reckon I've had more money on this all in than any other person in Australia. I'd be surprised if that's not the case. So I reckon I'm the one that can be most critical of the ride. Yep. Um, he looked for a spot. It's, it's just how he rides. He looked for a spot forward. He was aware of how the day was playing. Didn't find it. Tried to snag and get some cover. Didn't find it. To sit three deep, to run the quickest last two of the race, it was just, it was wildly good run. And I, I still believe it, it would have won and it will, well, it won't win the railway now as emergency three. It's going to be pretty tough. I'm going to have to get out there and try and stop a few of them somehow. Um, but I reckon, uh, yeah, he would have been hard to beat in the railway. So, um Clearly, 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 uh, don't mind him in a in a lesser race. But this is still a this is a really really nice race. I know the Carbine Club is listed in the Railways Group One, but I don't know if there is panels between the races. Mm, uh, just the way it's all set up this and year. And back to so, fourteen hundred meters. Um, yeah, so the four. I think they'd love to step him up to the mile now as well. Yeah. Um, look, at the, 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 there's a few factors here. Again, we spoke earlier about the inside pad. If that inside pad is red hot, straightaway devoted becomes a risk from barrier nine because he, he probably will end up in the second half of the field. Um, this does look like a race that will have a three wide line and it didn't a week ago when he was caught out there in the cheap seats uh, without a bum to follow. Um, but yeah, there's a few little factors and also the seven day backup here. You, you worry about a horse that's just done all that work um, over, over the trip. And then I think usually Mickey Grantham and Bob would love to give the horse two or three weeks off, but I think they want to get the points from the carbine and perhaps look at getting a start in the Kingston town or, or go down that path. So he has to back up quickly. I think he'll win. Um, but I'm not rushing in at the 290. I reckon if we hold fire, make sure the inside isn't um, super, isn't a fast lane. I reckon we might even see a slightly better price. That might be ambitious, but I reckon we might see a slightly better price. Interesting there. That's uh, Terry's thoughts on the listed carbine club there for the 100 meter race. Let's get to the WA Guineas Group 2 race, seven on the card, 1600 meters. Amelia's Jewel, all the rage. Uh, she was probably disappointing to the eye, but the data said she ran okay last start. Um, are you with her? Are you against her? Which way are you heading in the Guineas? Yeah, it's it's all the pricing for me again. She's she's my market elect. I've got her in the high, very high twos, and she's in the very low twos. So she's a horse that tends to be, uh, as you can see from her last three SPs, a dollar eighty, a dollar ninety, a dollar forty. She tends to be extremely well found. Um, she deserves favoritism. She carried the fifty-eight in, in the Burgess Queen. Um, she's down to the fifty-four and a half under the obviously the conditions of the race with the the blokes getting fifty-six and a half and the girls getting fifty-four and a half. She's drawn well. Um, she, the most fascinating is she. Does she find the fence from Barrier Five? Potentially, yeah. yeah Potentially, so yeah. Potentially, Paddy. Paddy will be aware. He knows he wants clear air. Um, the the most fascinating part of this race is you've got the three big guns in the market in uh, Amelia's Jewel, Bustler, and all the King's Men, and they've drawn alongside of each other. So it's going to be a really interesting tactical affair. She's probably the slowest of the three out of the machines, but. Perhaps that works in her favour, jumping on the back of a bustler or jumping on the back of an all the king's men and getting a card into it. Look, she, she's always going to go around under my price. All the favourites here are going to go around um, slightly under my price. Bustler is doing nothing wrong, but there's nothing between him 
um, and all the Kings men. They were, yeah, it was very hard to separate them on the line. And Paul Harvey, I tell you what, in a, in a race that will come down to tactics so much, just watch how smart Paul Harvey can be in these type of races. If he gets, if he gets Paddy Carberry or Steve Parnham with one of their mounts underneath him, good, good luck getting out from the Pontiff <laughs> because uh, he will keep you in and he, he'll almost throw his own race just to make sure you don't win the race. So uh, it'll be a fascinating watch between those three runners uh, who should all settle probably sort of fourth to eighth tire, probably fifth to eighth type thing. Um, I, I found one just a little bit wider. Uh, there's a horse called Swear to God. Um, he's actually he's still a cult. He started favourite in every single career outing. Uh, he started favourite over Snowdome in, he, in his debut prep. He was only beaten first up by All Show, who nobody was beating All Show that day. Second up, we thought he was a bit flat when he won a race, being Written Matter, but Written Matter's come out since and, and won extremely well. Uh, he probably would have won last start, swear to God. He, he was backed sixes into about fours um, type thing, held up the majority. That was against horses like Rockinori, uh, Big Screen, uh, against the really good older horses. Um, these other horses like Bustlers ran in 60 pluses and, and won well, um, but the form hasn't been franked at all. The form, swear to God, has been racing against, in the, against the older horses, really has been franked. So whether he's good enough i'm not entirely certain but i can't see how a horse who's been so highly touted and so well thought of is is suddenly now 20 to 1 um and all these other runners are, are sort of um as short as they are so very happy like if any of the favorites win i won't feel like i've missed anything so i'm, I'm very happy to have a little bet on swear to god number five swear to god in mm -hmm. race seven the guineas there do you i know you don't lay much um but would you be inclined if emilia's Jewel went around at um, two dollars. Do, do you press the pink button, or you'd rather just back? Um, swear to God, I'd rather just back. Swear to God and see uh, see him run fourth. I'll probably back in place heavy. Watch him <laughs> run fourth, and wish I'd laid Amelia's Jewel who runs second. So, uh, but no, not I. I, I like I like to think with how opinionated I am that um, sometimes I go a bit over the top with Love things it. in that sense. So I find it works best for me not to use the pink button all that often. Love it. Well, swear to God, race seven number five. With Terry there, we get to the group one, the railway stakes, 1,600 metres. Um, what have we got leading here? Buster Bash, Marachino, Comfort Me working across and Yonkers slotting in, something like that, Terry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Buster Bash should take up the running. Marachino was super in the Northern Cup leading, so I think it will lead. Um, Ironclad Tommy, uh, what, where does he tend to settle in his running? I did a few of his replays, um, and it looks to me like a horse that sort of settles where he lands. Yeah, I think they ride him comfort um, where, he, yep. where he's comfortable, um, basically. So he'll jump, and he got back last start, ran home really well. Um yeah, from Barry Seven, I'd expect him midfield or just worse than midfield wherever he jumps and mm -hmm. lands and, and get him in a comfortable rhythm and he can finish off his races really well when he is comfortable. You just don't want to push him and, and get him going early. What type of training effort would it be to uh, seven days, jump on a plane on the Tuesday and <laughs> uh, and, and win off seven days? That, that'd that be something, wouldn't it? It is impressive effort. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this form because all these WA horses are so intertwined. And when that's the case, when I'm doing a form in Sydney, I often look for different form and horses that are coming from different angles. And I could entertain Ironclad. I probably lesser to a lesser extent than, than maybe Yonkers. I think Yonkers might be the better horse and a better setup here. But I, I find it really tough to dissect these races when they're, all the forms intertwined. Um, how are you seeing the race? 
Yeah, I, well, I think the speed maps to everything. Like, I don't think there's a huge amount between a lot of these. We saw Treasured Star beat Star Trade, who will go, will probably jump close to $100 Betfair by the time the, the gates open. Um, Alaskan God was a, was a obviously a big flashing lights run, and it's the sort of the spruit horse out uh, out west, and the one that's obviously your your current market elect. Um, but I I again don't know the eastern states form all that well. I, I lent on Miles Fitzner during the week, had a chat with him about Ironclad and and Yonkers, um, just to sort of get a bit of a better understanding about those two runners. And just with our just without my my concerns about the depth in this race, I will probably be saving on Ironclad. I won't be making it a result, um, but I saw enough last start in doing those replays and just the fact that our form really is just an unknown to some degree. I think at the double figures, Ironclad is a save for me. Um, the way the way I'm going, and it's a yeah, if you, if you told me I was tipping this horse for a railway stakes, in saying that, if you told me that Resort Man was going to be a top weight for a railway stakes, <laughs> now Resort Man hadn't won at listed level until three or four months ago. He's now your top weight for a group one railway stakes. So that tells you a story um, about the race on its own. Um, but I, I'm with Carly's Karma. The, the barriers were always going to be everything for me here and how this race mapped out. Um, as you said, Buster Bash leads, Maricino comes across and lands in the breeze she's absolutely peeing the lids at her last couple it's um it's quite incredible how she's a learned how to jump and b just turned into a different mare for summer dixon so she can follow either buster bash um or, or if sean o'donnell decides the rail is a bit off she can follow probably marachino in the one one um I know she steps up from the 14 to the mile and there has been a few question marks whether she'll get the mile, but she was 30 days going into the group two Lestia at weight for age conditions. Now she was so far out of her depth at weight for age conditions rating wise. She never got an inch of cover. She sat outside one of our toughest weight for age leaders and, and pushed him to a, to a very close photo. So give her some cover here allow her to be cuddled up, get her clear at the top of the straight. And she's going to have three, four, five, six lengths on Alaskan God, Treasured Star and and these type of runners. If if she holds her form, um, I think she's got to be super hard to beat. She profiles the railway winner on speed, settles well, uh, has a sharp turn of foot and gets in on the minimum. So that's that profiles as a, a pretty traditional railway winner. Great case there for Carly's Kama, number 10 in the group one. I've got Alaskan God on top, um, but it, I am concerned by 1.3 lengths separating the first seven or eight across the line in that lead-up. Um, fantastic last start. Looked like a barrier trial. Looked like set up for this race. Um, second, ran the fastest final 200 metres of the entire day. Came from a hopeless position. Um, the only horse to break 11 seconds home, Terry. It was a good run. Um, yeah, I've, I've got Alaskan God on top. I, I actually will have something yonkers, just the different form as well. Okay. And you've steered me into um, Carly's Karma there with the map. Good shout. So be following you I've, in there. I'm going to just throw a very random comment out here. I think it's currently 7 or $8 Carly's and $4 Alaskan God. I, I've got a sneaking suspicion Carly's might start close to favourite. I just think with the, the the money that came for her at weight for age level when she was so unsuited, um and and the traditionally in these type of races money does come for those that settle closer to the speed i reckon that she'll be um they'll come for her with wheelbarrows love that jump on early and you can hedge and press the pink button late and bet fair and trade and do whatever you need to do so. i hope <laughs> love that uh that is carly's karma on top we head to race nine a race that i haven't had a close look at terry so you got to steer us into a winner here yeah, it looks a pretty open way to finish the day. Uh, 
Crescent City, uh, anyone that caught its last run in the York Cup uh, when it was backed, I think, $4 into about $2.30. Sean McGrady to stay in the saddle. One of the best pieces of horsemanship you'll see. Uh, there's a really noticeable crossing at uh, at York and um, and the horse didn't enjoy that all that much. And to stay in the saddle and then run second was was quite impressive. Um, hard horse to follow Crescent City, but I do think this is a really nice setup. I've been waiting for him to get back to the mile for quite some time. I don't think he's a true stayer. I think he struggles to get past that final horse and that beat could be because he's because he's pretty weak uh, or it could be uh, the fact that he's been running over the 1800 to 2100, which he doesn't see the uh, the final 100 metres out. Um, look, up at four bucks or so, he's that's probably not a bad price. That's pretty much what I've marked him. Um, he should land next to a horse called Above the Peg who is going pretty well. Uh, I think pretty well is a, a fair summation for how he's going. Uh, was reasonable first up, had every chance, and then second up hit the line pretty well. They, they both map your winners. Um, I, I'm really keen to take on big screen here. I think it's a better uh, miler, 1,400-meter uh, horse rather than a miler, sorry. Should get to the top, um, gives a kick, but... That's two wins, which now mean he carries 57 and a half in a 72 plus. That's got to be pretty close to his mark. And especially with the fact that this inside pad could be could be a query. And if it's a query early in the day by race nine, it's going to be absolutely horrid. So um, a big watch there. But look, the way we'll go, we'll try and finish the day. It's a real value day for me. I, I like a lot of these. I said, I, I probably do like Crescent City, but I, I want $5 to be having a bet on a horse who, who struggles to win strong wide. The value runner, I think, here is number three, Mr. Della Gator. Um, was really good first up when only two lengths off tricks of the trade. Uh, led them up that day. Brooklyn Pier creator uh, with the other two horses that finished second and third. They've both gone super since. Um, I thought he was really good last start when breezing with the big weight and the apprentice on. He was going to finish a spot or two closer, but sort of got squeezed up late in the line, which cost him half a length. Uh, Sean McGrady's ridden this horse three times for two wins, and it was first up this campaign when that was his best run for quite some time. I think he's about $12 at the moment. Wouldn't surprise if he starts longer. He races in the first few. He gives a big kick in a race with a few non-winner type uh, type options. I reckon he's right in the finish here. So that, that's the way I'll be finishing the day with Mr. Delegator. Number three, Mr. Delegator for Terry there. And against big screen at the odds, you can press the pink button there. Number four, big screen at the price. And with number three, Mr. Delegator, as I said, um, I'll touch on a couple of races at Kembler in a minute, Terry, but let's get to some education and back to school piece. Now, you want to touch on data and having a point of difference and, and probably clarity in what you're doing. Is that right? Yeah, I, I've, it's it's becoming more and more apparent that everybody has the data now. I think early doors, it was a little bit of a um, a little bit of an anomaly to sort of be able to have the figures and read the figures, and, and I think there's a big difference between having the figures and understanding how they. I guess how to formulate a market as such with them, um, but I just think there's there is still a big scope and probably more so than ever with the dominance of data to have a point of difference, which might simply be using race replays, getting old school and, and understanding a horse's strengths and weaknesses. And I, I, I talk about this till I'm black and blue in the face, but individual horses, characteristics, riding off a horse that led that, you know, can't lead riding off a horse that settled rearward that, you know, should lead um, just points of difference that don't involve simplistic 
numbers on a screen because I think the the numbers tell a lot of lies. I often speak to a few of my mates and I ask, I sort of say, well, what else did you want the horse to do? Oh, I didn't throw up a big figure. They, then I'm like, well, they went slowly. It was held up to the two. Then it got out and couldn't have done much more in the last 200 meters. It's a it's a slow fear. It's a low fear because they went slowly. Like, what did you want that horse to do? Like, what are you what are you asking for? <laughs> so, um, don't just rely on the numbers of the data. Everybody is. That's not how you're going to win long term unless you're really really good at um, yep. at uh, understanding the figures fascinating and i use the data to back up my eye that's how i do it so mm-hmm. i obviously do the replays and then check if the data lines up with with my eye so really interesting and, and i think clarity is important knowing what you're good at finding your edge and exactly right mm-hmm. and doing the work as you, you've touched on if you want to find out more about terry's life in punting we did a session um quite a few months ago now probably four months ago and uh I don't know if it's been that long. But Feels like yesterday. It does. And um, I'm surprised you survived that week, to be honest, Terry. No, uh, I, did. I didn't really. <laughs> Still recovering. <laughs> um, head to YouTube and, and Google that uh, Betfair and Terry Layton uh, education series. Part of Layback with Betfair. It was a brilliant, uh, brilliant chat with you, Terry. Thank you for doing that. And uh, let's get just a couple of races to touch on at Kembla before we get your best bets and your best lays and, and whatnot. Kembla Grange. Race four is a really interesting race. I'm against number 14, Way to the Stars. I'm laying Way to the Stars here. And I'm with uh, Tommy Tuplay. You can set up a Terry Tuplay too, Terry. That kind of works. Um, number six, Stoical. Trialed really nicely. Goes well fresh. And number 12, Sacramony. Blinkers first time. Chris Waller, um, I think, actually has a, a boast of win over Way to the Stars as well. I think Way to the Stars is way too short. Just peaked late uh, last start regresses second up so keen to be against weight of the stars there so with number six and 12 and laying number 14 and the one million dollar gong terry just another million dollar race in new south wales i'm against old flame um i think he's had the grand finals now i think he's way too short in a race that has a host of chances and i'm pretty keen to be against the favorite there old flame is a six dollar favorite or something but um too short for me all right terry before we uh finish up what are your best bets on the program Geez, we have to wait all year just to get three or four, this time four million dollar races, and you guys just <laughs> spit them out week after week. It's uh, it's quite incredible. Okay, you need um, a bet more, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> try telling that to my missus. Gamble responsibly, uh, gamble responsibly, <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. Uh, look, just, just for some value, and the fact it is feature, um. Oh, it's Railway Stakes Day. So we will look to uh, to throw out our best in the railway. It's probably the biggest overs comparative to my market. So I'm actually going to go with Carly's Karma at around that $7 mark as my, my best of the day. Race eight, um, horse number 10. I think she maps the winner. If, if she holds her form, if she gets the cover I expect and gets rolling, um, I do think she'll be very hard to catch for the likes of Alaskan God and and whatnot. Absolutely no disrespect to those horses who I've got a lot of time for. It's purely a speed map thing and and where I have her um, and Alay, Tommy, screen. will go with uh, could go with big screen. I'll go with one that's always like to, you always want to lay one that's opened up favorite, don't you? Yeah, Otherwise it's a bit weak. Otherwise it's a little bit. So <laughs> we'll go back to the earlier in the day, uh, race number three. We didn't discuss this race, but a horse called flying missile, a lot of time for it, but I think as, uh, as his, her, her career progresses, she's looking for further. I think she ends up two or three back defense here and I've marked her 15 bucks and she's gone up favorite. So oh. easy lay for me. Race three, number three, we'll, we'll take on flying missile. Love that, love that. I'm uh, pretty keen to take on way to the stars at Kembla, my low of the day race four, number 14. I also am against Baby Paris in the listed race five. I just think she was too short, but what you said about the three-year-olds against the older horses scared me a little bit there. So I'll make way to the stars my best lay, and I'm against Old Flame. I don't really have a best 
but um, I'll be pretty keen to follow you in there with some of your bets. So thanks for joining me, mate. Huge show. Always a pleasure. No, always a pleasure, Tommy. Uh, yeah, good luck out west. What time's the last for you guys? It must be close to about, nine o'clock yeah, about at midnight. night. About midnight, Ooh, mate. So I'll see you next week. Me. I'm over over for winter bottom. I look forward to catching up with you and hopefully we can find a winner and do the homework for next week, mate. We need, we need to fill up. I cannot wait, Tommy. Look forward to it. Thanks for joining us on Layback with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight.